The IDP Pro Manager Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. So go use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything in the SGPN store after today's show and save on your favorite podcaster's merchandise today. And so, the IDP Pro Manager Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers and professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here are your veteran senior IDP pros, Craig, Brad, and Gary. Slacking, I mean sacking, today's hottest NFL IDP. Damn it, sorry about that. What do you mean, just one take? Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It is Friday morning. It is about one week until the NFL draft, and we are here with you on the IDP Pro Manager Podcast. We'll be back next week to go over the actual NFL draft, but this is week two of our NFL draft IDP preview. Gary, how is Friday treating you the week before the draft? Beautiful, beautiful. And if this time that intro music played, we're gold, man. Let's get this shit going. <laughs> Yeah, we got uh, about another 12 guys we're looking to get through. Most of these guys are probably going to be taken on day two of the upcoming NFL draft, which will be Friday night, one week from the recording of this. Last week, we went over a lot of guys that you'll probably see in round one, but there might be a couple that sneak in there as well. And also, as a reminder, we're not doing most of the defensive tackles and not really going over the cornerbacks at all. Again, for your basic IDP leagues, most of them as rookies, not going to matter, but I think there's a defensive tackle we'll talk about here today that I have some excitement about. But we will start off with the linebacker. We didn't get through a whole lot of linebackers last week. Uh, this guy has gotten first round buzz. That's Trenton Simpson. He spent three years at Clemson. He's about 6'2, 235 pounds. He is a guy that uh, came up pretty heralded from high school. He was a number 26 overall prospect in the 2020 high school recruiting class. He will be 22 this NFL season, and he was third-team All-ACC in 2022. Not a whole lot of accolades, and you're looking at what his production was. It wasn't anything crazy. You know, 28 his freshman year as far as tackles, and 65, 72, mm-hmm. some nice tackles for a loss, and sacks in his second year, a little bit of a down year this past year. But athletically, uh, he's one of those new-age linebackers for the NFL when you look at him. He has elite speed score. He has great explosion and agility, and he's sort of a what you'd think of if you switched it around, where when Isaiah Simmons was coming out, he was a safety more so in mm-hmm. college that they switched to linebacker. Trenton mm-hmm. Simpson is more of a linebacker in how he was used, but he does have uh, viability and coverage. He did all right there, and he was used sort of all over the field in a similar role, not exactly the same. Uh, Gary, how do you feel about this guy? It seems like he's been getting some steam as of late for his draft capital. Right. Uh, covering covering him. The only thing I really had a big concern about was that missed tackle rate last. You know, it, it's a little bit higher than what you would like to see with the volume. Uh, he's got some development. And I feel like he's a little bit undersized. I think he's more towards that safety. So uh, landing spot should matter a lot here. But, it, I mean, anybody like Pittsburgh or even Washington, uh, let's see, there's a few that could utilize them. Do I think that he's going to have starting potential off the top purely on 
it, yeah, it's 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 going to really depend on where he lands at, and it's going to have to be a really cheesecake spot. Yeah, he's a guy that uh, he can certainly get some playing time as a rookie, getting out there in some packages, covering tight ends, things like that. You know, as a guy that does have some use in coverage at the NFL level. But probably not a day one starter unless, of course, something happens where you know there's an injury ahead of him or just completely explodes at camp with uh, beyond what we saw at the college level. Right. Next guy up, uh, we have a safety. It's Antonio Johnson. He's a three-year safety at Texas A&M. He's uh, pretty similar in size, although he just weighs less like safeties often do compared to linebackers, 6'2", mm. 198 pounds. He had a nice PFF overall rating at an 81.6. And he was a number 78 overall prospect in the 2020 high school recruiting class. He'll be 22 this season as all. He was second team all SEC in 2021, first team all SEC this past year. Now, you've heard us talk about safeties a lot on this show where once you get past that top 12 maybe or whatever, you know, safeties really do become a dime a dozen. There's a lot more viability later down in the safety rankings Mm -hmm. just because of how many teams are utilizing three safeties more. They're out there on the field and just becomes a glut. Most rookie safeties kind of fall into that. But, Gary, anything that you saw that you liked about Antonio Johnson? Oh, well, if we have anybody that's probably looking for, for a pure box safety, he's he's an option. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, I'm, I'm having trouble with Branch even landing at the right team this year. There are only so many that haven't made moves. Brought in some type of solid veteran. Uh, this, uh, I don't think he's going to be able to upset or unseat a uh, solid guy already on on, on a uh, roster. So, if we're looking at somebody like the Rams to do some switching around and maybe put him in a box, I, I think it could be interesting as a productive by default kind of guy. But as he reads, you know, in today's NFL safeties they demand them to be good in coverage 90% of the time. And that's kind of why we have these three safety sets and we have these types of free safeties that are really over the last few years, an IDP have come up. They, uh, the free safety market of production has come up um, the passing game and just the development of the nickel package and everything else. So um, I'm not, I'm not super excited. I'm going to pay attention Maybe a long-term prospect, you know, dot him in some deep league. But standard-wise, he's really going to need some luck. Yeah, to your point, there's a lot of teams that sort of appear to have filled up their starting safety needs, whether it was through free Mm -hmm. agency or guys that they already had there when someone got let go. Some teams where it's going to be interesting because we – you know, Cincinnati is one of them. It seems like they have a plan to replace those two starting safeties that left. Could that be a spot where someone else comes in and takes the job if they're taken early? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose so. But I mean, there really aren't that many teams where it's just like you said, have a glaring hole for someone. Even like Tampa Bay, where you know they have one spot filled up there with Winfield. The other one they went and got Ryan Neal relatively recently, who had showed well in Seattle and kind of feels like all right, you know, they're going to give him a shot to be one. So yeah, it'll be interesting for the safety class. I think it's a nice deep class for long term potential but for this year it isn't that exciting it's a little rough around the edges certainly is ah morning nothing like waking up to crying kids hungry pets and an angry alarm clock 
All a football fan wants is to get your kids to school, feed the dogs and clock in at the office, and then you can finally settle in and enjoy a moment of peace with your morning cup of coffee. And you are just in time for the SGPN IDP Pro Manager Podcast, nice. which your idiot league mates haven't yet discovered. Ha! Let Brad, Craig, and Gary start your day with all the reliable IDP information you need. Money. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern on the SGPN Fantasy Football YouTube channel, where your SGPN IDP pros know exactly what you need. Awesome. Besides another cup of coffee. Darn. The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast now offers rewards for every episode listened to and downloaded on Spotify. Tune in every episode to answer a posted Q&A question to earn DGen points. This month, SGPN Fantasy Football is giving away a $50 gift card. Go to Spotify and join in on the fun. And today we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here. And what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at Underdog Fantasy? Besides NHL... NBA and MLB games. They've also already got NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half million dollars in prizes. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. We're going to move back into the linebackers here, Gary. Um, the next guy is a linebacker from Oregon. It's Noah Sewell. And he's a guy that uh, was another sort of high recruit. You've heard a lot of these guys sort of coming out. He was a five-star recruit, number 13 overall in his high school recruiting class. Going to be 21 this year. He was the Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year when he uh, came into the league there in 2020. First team all pack 12 in 2021 and second team this past year in 2022. He had a really productive 2021 when you look at what he did stat wise 114 combined tackles, eight and a half tackles for a loss, four sacks. And he was a guy that a lot of people had kind of thought, rewinding to this time last year, that he would be really high up here in the NFL real draft rankings but he's kind of fallen it kind of seems like he's going to be again a day two pick here as opposed to solidifying himself with the down year when you look at his athletic profiling it's it's pretty good you know he's got an 833 relative athletic score he's got really nice speed but uh, explosion agility you know, not really ideal you know it's not up there near the top for the nfl level these days and i when i watched him right it's worth watching tape it kind of felt like that way too. It kind of felt more like a, a throwback two down guy at the NFL level, which there just aren't as many of these days because of that versatility and need. But what did you think about him? Another guy, he's just kind of light for the position for me. I mean, he, he, like you said, the expectations were that he would be at a next level this year. Uh, he would be higher on the boards this year. And I, I just, it's not exciting. It's not exciting. He might fit automatically into some kind of rotational role. I think it would be better maybe as an outside linebacker, stand up kind of rusher and some packages. Uh, but long term, he's he's got some developing to do. And I'm not sure if he's going to ever have that high end ceiling. Yeah, even looking at his PFF scores, it was kind of backwards from what it looked at. I mean, again, I'm watching him with a, not a professional scout's eye or anything, but his coverage grade was, you know, like a 72-6, which was one of the best for the linebackers that we're talking about here. 
and his run defense grade was lower than I thought it would have been. So, again, what you see on the field doesn't always equate to what's supposed to be going on there in the play itself. This next name you're going to be familiar with, uh, B.J. Ojolari. He is, of course, the brother of Aziz Ojolari. I believe Aziz, two years ago, went 50th overall in the second round to the Giants. B.J. spent three years at LSU, 6'3", about 244 pounds. Had a 76.3 overall PFF rating last year, the highest of those. He had an 83 in pass rushing. And there's a lot of people talking out there that you know they felt he was a better prospect than his brother coming out. We don't have a whole lot of his testing size-wise, though. You know, For an edge rusher, he does seem to be a bit smaller. Um, he did have a nice explosion score there, but in terms of the speed and agility, he did not really get the testing in to complete those. And when you look at what he did on the field, again, he's at LSU there, and he didn't do a ton. You know, you see with a lot of these guys, actually, it kind of feels like 2021 was a better year for them than what 2022 being. And he had 12 tackles for a loss, seven sacks in 21. This past year, five and a half sacks, eight and a half tackles for a loss, both in that mid-50s range for combined tackles. I wasn't as excited about him as I was his brother. There was a lot of talk about Aziz being a first-round pick until some concerns mm-hmm. about injuries and stuff came up. How are you feeling about BJ compared to his brother there, Gary? I personally feel he's going to go later in the draft than his brother did. Likely. Likely. Um, just, you know, almost the same kind of uh, MO, bio. Uh, but when you think about it, I don't <clears throat> Things are really kind of like changing. Some guys get put on on the fast track. So I got to be honest, if somebody would reach for this kid, I think he's got some tangibles that uh, somebody could save in the Bears. I hate to mention the Bears or say even Philadelphia. They might be able to utilize them, you know, off the top Uh, is the. Does he have that type of edge rusher or DL ceiling that I'm looking for in in a prospect? I don't think so. I don't. I, I don't think so. I, I don't. Th- I don't think that the uh, the body style, the type. I, I don't think he's he's going to fit into either or be a hybrid. You know, I don't think he's a per- perfect fit for either. Yeah, there's some other guys we're going to be talking about here that size wise certainly feel like more of a traditional defensive end or have more of that clear, you know, agility speed combo with a lighter size that would fit as an outside linebacker. It does feel like there's a lot of tweeners in this edge class. And even with some of these guys, we're not going to get to, and it makes it hard to project, you know, maybe if he does end up, you know, on the bears or something, you're like, all right, well, he's going to be spending most of his time doing this. This is how we feel about him doing that for IDP and we'll get a better gauge on it. Um, But it, without knowing landing spots yet, it is a lot of guesswork for how these guys are going to end up having their careers play out. Exactly. The next guy uh, has got a really fun name, Felix Enudike Uzoma. He was a three-year edge player at Kansas State. A little bit more stout there size-wise, 6'3", 252 pounds. And he, now, while he was in a was considered a lower sort of conference for college football possibly, he did show up and he did uh, produce well while he was there at Kansas State. Didn't play much at all his freshman year, but sophomore year, 50 combined tackles, 14 and a half tackles for a loss, 11 sacks. And then this past year, 11 tackles for a loss, eight and a half sacks, 46 tackles. So about the same 
And he's a guy that, you know, for his size, he tested well too here, you know, with mm-hmm. an overall 8.7 score. He was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. He's only going to be 21 years old, and he was the Big 12 Defensive Lineman of the Year and first team all Big 12 and 21 and 22. And he was uh, a guy that really jumped off the page to me. He does feel more like a traditional defensive end out of the two positions, mm-hmm. just with the size and what he was able to do there at Kansas State. But I, I showed a lot of – I showed – I saw a lot of power and explosion from him when he was on the line there, um, which is something nice to see. People talk about sometimes there's a level up in competition from you know, like the Big 12 going into the NFL or something. But I definitely feel like this is a guy that could have a spot in a rotation from day one at the NFL. Do you? Um, I – I like that. <laughs> How the, much of one I don't know, it, but you know, someone being out there right, as a situational pass right, rusher. Right, I mean, it's right, not great for us. But. Right, you caught me off guard leading in with that one like that, man. That's that's uh, that's interesting. You know, it's hard. It's hard for me to bite into. I, I do understand why it, it does seem to all line up that it could all be possible. He's going to probably have to develop a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, if he's thrown into the fire, you know, anything is possible with these guys. I don't have an argument about it other than I'm going to ask people to remember that rookies are, you know, should be used as luxury picks. And we are looking at these serious guys. A guy seriously is defensive tackle plays. And I I guess that's what you're coming at. Right, Craig? Yeah, I mean, depending on how they end up deciding to use them, if they use them inside, there'd be a defensive tackle type of league. And again, how many of these guys are going to have value right away in a redraft league? You know, out mm-hmm. of all the IDP rookies, your standard league, what, five, six, maybe, right. you know, if you're looking over the right. course of a year. So I I can see it. If, pro, profiling him a little bit, if he's taking it somewhere where he's in a 3-4 interior defensive line, interior defensive lineman rusher, interior defensive, you know, somewhere in like Pittsburgh, uh, let's see, you know, they might be utilized like that in Arizona, something like along those measures. It's got some appeal as long as he lands that starting gig or soon. Fact. The National Breast Cancer Foundation reports that a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer every two minutes. And we already know finding new innovations in research, surgical options, and clinical trials is essential to finding a cure. And to all those fantasy football ladies that may be listening, we also know with early detection your survival rate goes up. And that's why breast self-exams are very important, and the best way to give your old girls their best fighting chance to win the championship. So, with all that being said, The fellas here at the IDP Pro Players Pod would like to remind everyone, the National Breast Cancer Foundation does take donations, so please, go and give what you can. And let's give our mothers, our wives, our sisters, and every woman, the support, the resources, and maybe even more importantly, the hope, by knowing we all really do care. And we're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. In honor of the NBA playoffs, from now until the end of April, just coming up soon here, get 10% off anything in the SGPN merch store when you use the promo code SGPNBA. So head over to the store, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, 
and use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything. And when you're over there looking at that, um, one of the fun little shirts, of course, having a bunch of girls, I got my son and then four girls, there's a cute little <laughs> shirt for your kid. Do you want to build a parlay over there? Oh, yeah. Which, of course, is from Frozen. So all sorts nice. of fun stuff, even for your little ones, you can check out. Cool. Sweet. Going on here, we got a couple more edge guys. Of course, this is an edge-heavy class in terms of future IDP potential yeah. usage. Um, Isaiah Foskey is another one. He was a defensive lineman for three years at Notre Dame. Certainly got a bigger frame on him, 6'4", 257 pounds. And he was a guy coming out of college, excuse me, into college from high school. He's a four-star recruit in 2019 class, so he's a bit older. Turned 23 this season. He was a consensus All-American in 2022. Got a nice athletic score overall at the 9.61. And production-wise, he was a guy that uh, didn't show a ton either. You know, there's outside of Will Anderson, I mean, let's be honest, there's not a ton of these guys that just blew everyone else away. There's nice production for a year, year and a half, and he was another one that uh, actually improved from his 21 to 22 um, going from 10 sacks to 10 and a half and then nine and a half tackles for a loss to 13 and a half. He's got the big body frame. Teams are going to like to see that. He's probably not going to be a first round pick this year as well. So probably not having immediate IDP impact for most leagues there, Gary. But did you see anything out of him long-term potential that you like? Out of Felix? Sorry. Are you uh, this man, is I'm, Isaiah Foss. I'm either I've lost a lot of something you've said those past little bit. It was like we're talking about uh, Fosky from Notre Dame there. Okay. Yeah. No. Actually, I had a little bit of problem with the reception there for some reason. Um, we actually had storms rolling in. They weren't like immediate. I didn't think. <laughs> so Foskey, the edge rusher, right? Yeah, from Notre Dame. Yep. Right. Yeah. Just a, another. <laughs> we we keep saying this. I, I'd like to stop for a moment and and talk about this <laughs> class as an overall general, wouldn't you? Because do you think that even he has a real opportunity? I mean, there aren't a lot of open jobs for starters there are a few sweet spots there's a few teams that might have a luxury pick and some of these kids uh might slide a little bit to uh some opportunity i guess i, I could you could say but as a class it definitely you was talking about the hybrids the only thing i see is i keep getting deeper and deeper in this class is the fact that it's not deep it's not a defensive prime class whatsoever Everybody below people that we tried to cover last week, for the most part, are developmental plans or long shots. Um, I'm not a huge fan of his production, and I don't think personally that it will matter where he lands. I, 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 I have very little interest to, with him at this moment. I do like our hybrids. I, I like Anderson and, of course, Smith. I, I think those hybrids and your top uh, your nest and your top defensive ends, I think those are guys are worth talking about. And I know the rest of everybody else would like to, you know, we're going to continue the list or whatever with our time. But, um, you know, really consider 
at this point, when you're in standard leagues, man, we're going to, we, I tried to talk about a little bit last week. We had some programming problems or technical problems. So I want to make sure that everybody understands. I would much, much, much rather take some long shot wide receiver two, sleeper rookie or trade these picks personally but or or wide receiver three or some dynasty wide receiver running back offensive guy over any of these fellas especially in standard league okay use your draft stock use your draft stock wisely you know it's not being used the best in standard leagues if you're using it on these types of level players let them break out pay you you pay with for what you get when it comes to idp and if they're worth it then pay for it later for right now concentrate on that offense get that you know in in a rookie draft get those top few guys that we've talked about you know or you talk about after the draft that land at the right spot but you know for the most part if i'm if i'm looking to do anything i'm probably going to throw some darts at some rookies and if they don't work out over the offseason and I need some IDP, I'm going to use them to drop to pick them up off the waiver wire. That's all I'm going to do in the standard league because there's going to be plenty of them. Craig will tell you every year, the first month, guys are popping in and out. Guys pop up. We had a lot of breakouts last year. They're increasing even more, uh, especially in the def- uh, defensive back department. You know, so some of these guys are good, solid. I like the defensive tackle uh, that you suggested earlier because that is a prime spot. It is a very scarce position. And if you hit on it, that's that's great. That's great. But someone like this kid out of Notre Dame, nah, I think I'd rather go for a wide receiver three or some tight end that I think has a lot of upside. Ever notice these days how things have changed with sports entertainment? Suddenly everyone is edgy and they don't mind offending people with offensive words. It's everywhere. Podcasts, radio, to primetime TV. All I want are NFL defensive player reports. Maybe a quick update on the best streaming corners. And yet, I have to hear about the dirty O. That's right. Offensive player discussions and hot takes blocking my path to the sweet, sweet defensive information I need. Bullshit. That was until I found the IDP Pro Players Podcast. And now, unless the IDP Pro's John or Gary messed up, Uh I know I'm not going to be offended by their no dirty O approach. So take my word for it. Catch the Sports Gambling IDP Pro Player Podcast every week and leave the dirty O behind. So if you or someone you know has an IDP degenerate problem, that's terrific. And the fantasy move to make is to go follow a couple of the best veterans in the fantasy football industry. That was on Twitter at capital I, capital D, capital P, R-O. One word at the IDP Pro Players Pod. Oh, yeah. Next guy we have up here, and the one after that even, um, certainly would be a defensive tackle. But this next guy might have some potential to be, and there's a defensive tackle too. He's certainly got more size and some production here. It's Tui Tuapolatu, edge rusher from USC. He spent three years there. 6'4", 290, so certainly a bigger guy out of the list we've talked about here in the clear defensive end. He's going to be 21 this season. He's in the 2020 high school recruiting class. He was first-team all-pack 12 and 21 and 22. He was also in 2022 the Polynesian Football Player of the Year, Pat Tillman Defensive Player of the Year, Morris Trophy winner, and unanimous All-American. 
And when you look at his production, Gary, you were talking about, you know, some of these guys not having great production. Mm-hmm. He certainly did this the past year at USC. He had 13 and a half sacks, 22 tackles for a loss, 46 overall tackles. He's a guy that did play some inside as far as on that defensive line. Certainly played a lot at defensive end. He's got nice power. He's got nice explosion. He's a guy that I think does have a long-term potential in the league here. And if you talk about mm-hmm. someone, that versatility across the defensive line front, he could sneak into someone's rotation uh, as far as getting more of that starter-type snaps towards the end of the year here just based on the, what he did in college and how his mm-hmm. uh, athletic profile projects do. So it kind of sounds like that's sort of more what you're leaning to in those type of leagues are those guys that have a, a clear shot at direct value for us this season. Yeah, you can actually uh, go catch a short on our at SGPN Fantasy YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out this contest we got going on. Uh, anyhow, you know what I kind of profile? I'm like, you know, Tyrus Bowser. I, I, I it, He just kind of, he kind of res- he kind of gives me the feel of a guy that's going to be able to get pressure, be a good, solid contributor, but maybe a more of a role player and not one that's going to be, uh, you know, giving us a double, double digit sacks each season. Yeah. I, I could see him more as that cross outside linebacker, maybe a DL two play LB two play, depending on your, your type of scoring. I mean, you would have to really favor some sacks because, you know, I, I think we have a, a TJ Watt White without the sacks, probably in a 40, 45 range. And that's if he lands in a favorable spot that you had right. just mentioned, following that up. Because he really did stand out, at, if I remember, at his pro day, or was it the combine? Uh, he didn't test either one of them. It was probably private workouts where you're reading about stuff from him because okay. he wasn't able to do right. either of those. Okay. Thanks. This next guy, uh, it'll be interesting, Gary. I'm really excited to see your thoughts because I'm not a big fan of giving a player comp for everyone. Um, some people just love and throw comps around constantly. But this next guy uh, is going to have one of the more unfair player comps to try to live up against. That's Kalijah Kansi, defensive tackle for three years at Pittsburgh. Uh, Size-wise, in terms of height and weight, he is almost the same as Aaron Donald. And, of course, Aaron Donald came from Pittsburgh and has just blown away Mm -hmm. uh, defensive tackle leagues. Um, 6'1", 281 pounds for him. He was a 91.8 overall PFF rating with a um, very nice 92.4 pass rushing rating. And that's what this guy can do. Now, he doesn't have huge hands, doesn't have those crazy long arms, but the guy knows how to get to the quarterback. His tackle mm-hmm. numbers were not great, as you can imagine, being what's smaller for a defensive tackle, even in college, harder to get those tackles. He had 27, 33, and 31 in his three years. But from a defensive tackle spot, seven tackles for a loss, 13, and then 14 and a half. And then his first year he had one and a half sacks and then seven, seven and a half. So the comp that people are going to throw out there is not fair to him uh, just because the same position, same school, same size. But he is a guy that knows how to get pressure. He was fantastic at that. He knows how to get to the quarterback. In defensive tackle specific leagues, I'm loving this guy, and I'm probably going to have him in quite a few of those leagues because I do think 
He knows how to get to the quarterback. That's what teams are all about. You put him in there and pass rushing downs. He's going to have a chance to get you some stats this year. Standard size leagues like Gary stresses all the time, probably not a whole lot of value for him. And he's really a guy that's going to have to go to, and I'm hoping teams in the NFL draft are looking at him this way. You know, there's like one or two positions he can play across the defensive front just because of his size. So he's a guy that I like a lot. He'll probably go in second, maybe even sneak into the first round outside of defensive tackle leagues. He'll probably not much year one value for him. I have him at six one. Yep, six one two eighty one. Same as Donald came up. That is a freaking bowling ball in the middle. And yeah, he he's got rush pr- prowess. Uh, the reason we're not hearing about him, they're like Donald. He's not Donald. He's got some fine tuning to be done. Yeah, but with uh, you know. With being aggressive and and being able to get into the backfield and shed the blocks, he can actually shoot the gap. I I like the gap shooters. So I could see him getting into some rotation and being put in somewhere as long as the team's falling in love with him. You know, somebody, hell, staying home in Philly, that he could do a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're looking to take one there, but if he ended up in Dallas, that's another spot where what else they yeah. have there as far as a pass rusher. I mean, just throwing him in there and those pass rushing downs. I'd love it as a Cowboys fan. Um, yeah, so. yeah. Yep. Good ad. He would be a good ad. Next guy up here, another very productive uh, career, actually, at Iowa State. That's Will McDonald to the fourth. He did five years at Iowa State. 6'4", 245 pounds. He's snuck into that first-round conversation here as well and even higher up in that first round as of late. Did a nice 79.2 PFF overall rating. When you look at his relative athletic score, he had a 9.66, which is pretty high, and he's just got great speed. Overall elite explosion and agility grades. If you have him as a true defensive end, he's going to be a little bit on the smaller side, but he's probably one of more of those tweeners where he could stand up and pass rush as well as be with his hand in the dirt in his career. And again, this is mainly over four years. Although he did play a little bit, his true freshman year there at Iowa state, he had 34 sacks, 40 tackles for 40 and a half tackles for a loss and 125 tackles. So 2020 and 2021 were about identical with about 35 tackles, 13 tackles for a loss and then 11 sacks each year so certainly in terms of production a little bit more consistent production a little bit more higher end than some of these other guys again he might even sneak into the first round here and if he gets into a good spot immediate year one production wouldn't be great if he went to a spot i just mentioned him but dallas is another Mm -hmm. spot you know sort of Mm -hmm. to take over for demarcus lawrence long term you have him and parsons pass rushing guys i think that'd be really nice to see but you hit it on the head and there's not too much to say about it, Gary, that it's just going to be where he goes and what opportunity is there. Cause there aren't a ton of those starting spots. Although if you know how to get to the quarterback teams, will find a way to get you on the field. Yeah. He's an older prospect, but super powerful. He didn't have a lot of ass behind the, 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 the build, but he's got room to grow, you know, and that definitely can happen within a couple of years. I, I definitely could see him latching on uh, as a special teamer for sure. I think he can. I think he can get. 
I think he can get a gig in a rotation deep, you know, this first year. Maybe we'll see a little bit of him, uh, depending where he lands. I think that he's a decent option. And I also like the idea that uh, he could probably make a nice linebacker. Uh, we'll see. He's a developmental guy. I think he's kind of caught in between, you know? Yeah. He's, there's a lot of things going on in, in the college uh, series. It's been happening where we've been, they've been getting uh, Jeremy Chin prototypes, Buddha Baker prototypes. It's even been longer than Buddha, uh, Buddha Baker, who was the original uh, linebacker slash safety. Come on, Craig, help me out. Uh, I believe he also played for Arizona. He only lasted for a couple of years, got himself kind of beat up. Nah, anyway, so. As we've moved on, though, uh, they've also – pardon yeah, me? I'm thinking of them. <laughs> yeah, e- either way. It's been going on for a few years, and now we've I gotten to I the point where – Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll trivia it later or something. But either way, as it, go, as it goes, you know, those have been increasing, and we have even more and more of them coming out this year. Well, this class, I think it's kind of – proven too that over the last few years we've had those Micah Parsons kind of prototypes coming out. We have a couple this year. You have leaner defensive ends or you have a clear cut little kind of stout guy defensive end uh defensive line interior rusher. You know, it's kind of they're I think they're 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 really developing into the college the college level is developing what the NFL is looking for as they've developed their offense and defenses, you know, created a more exciting game. Um, you've got to cover the pass. It, it, that's your number one. You've got to be able to pass rush and you've got to be able to cover the pass. And we're seeing it just kind of fall the way with the linebackers and the running backs. So in this situation, I think this guy might've got caught in between if he would have been maybe, you know, he's an older prospect prospect maybe caught earlier and is you know he could have been this kind of prototype he's still got that capability really landing spot dynasty option maybe uh, you know deep dynasty stash deep 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 i think it was a Dion buchanan you were thinking of at arizona yes yeah yep when he yeah uh sounds like him <laughs> it sounds like the name, man. There's so many, but yeah, there was like, like an original 20, 2015 or so. I think he got moved around. Like I think it was right before, right before Neil. I think predecessor to Neil. But either way, all right. Yeah, first round to Arizona in 2014. So I think that's the guy we're referencing. Okay. Okay. We got a couple more safeties coming up here um, to discuss. Uh, neither one of them I'm terribly excited about. Um, first one's Christopher Smith the second. He had five years at Georgia. It's 5'11, 192, so on the smaller side there. Um, 75.8 overall PFF rating this past year. He's going to be 23 this season. He was first mm-hmm. team all SEC in 21 and 20. Nope. First team all SEC in 22 and a unanimous All American 2022. So, um, from the high school recruiting class 2018, a little bit older, like I mentioned, kind of feels more like a free safety to me. 
even though he does have good scores against the run, just with the size and speed and quickness out there. Um, and again, not a whole lot of excitement overall for those guys right now at the NFL in terms of fantasy production, mm-hmm. which of course we're talking about. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a. <laughs> I like. Uh, I gotta be. I gotta be realistic about this because I'm not one to really, you know, tote any cornerbacks. But it, it, the deepest, darkest degenerate at this point, I'm going to suggest a few of those before we go here. You know, uh, it's just the end of this, the end of the list. It, it, it It's struggling, and I understand. And, and people are tuning in. They love to hear the NFL, the college profiling. Well, unfortunately, I can't get over the point that I love these guys and they got potential, but this, this deep is just serious, serious waste of time to kind of focus on for IDP and be an NFL fan or think dynasty period dynasty and deep because you just aren't going to have to worry about these guys uh, until, unless all of a sudden you hear differently, you know, uh, We'll let you know. <laughs> we'll keep you on speed dial because there's going to be about a hundred of these guys, and more likely, they're not going to be. They're, these rookies aren't going to have their names in there. I, I, I really don't think so. Well, even when you look at those NFL draft prognosticators like Mel Kiper and Todd McShay, you know they have those guys sort of at every mm-hmm. site now. But they were talking about, you know, talking to different teams and GMs. They're not dropping specific names of who they're hearing from. But they said, you know, there's a lot of teams that have 15 to 20 first-round grades on players, period, Mm -hmm. for this year, Mm -hmm. if you're talking about an average class. Well, there's 31 picks this year in the NFL draft. Um, That's a lot of guys that have second, third-round grades that are going to be going higher than maybe they would in a different year. And that's not Mm -hmm. to say that they're going to end up being bad players or anything, but it all goes to that, how the team views them about that opportunity to get on the field and then for us yeah. get us that idp production because if you're not on the field you're not getting us any points and if you're one of those people that plays dynasty and you're a complete rebuild team eh, maybe you're fine with that but you know standard mm-hmm. size leagues there's no building for next year for a redraft it's all about this year and you don't generally roster space wise have the time to sit and wait and hope this guy mm-hmm. that's behind Jamal Adams gets hurt again or, you know, something right. like that. So you, you kind of right. got to be playing for the now in your standard redraft leagues. And a lot of these guys, to Gary's point, just won't matter in those. Yeah. And now we're rolling, man. I, I'd like to keep that conversation just, you know, rolling. If you got one of these guys, Craig, that you really, really want to talk about, I got a little pop quiz for you here in a second. Something that we're going to do tonight on IDP players, pro players pod. But I want to get Craig. Craig's opinion, just just real easy kind of stuff. But uh, oh damn it, here we go, old man. Call it a progressive moment. What the hell was I going to say before I did that? Because uh, you you had a great point there that kind of stemmed off of something. Hmm. Either way, all right, we'll call it a progressive moment. We'll move on, and and I'll probably think of it right in the middle of a conversation or something, and. Have to interrupt to get it. All right. My question for you is what we just talked about with the coverage of this this cl- as a class. All right. In thinking about more of who we may have talked about last week, week with Anderson and Smith and, and uh, Ness and Branch. Uh, I think we hit Branch. Um, 
Yep. If a team, name me two teams that if they actually draft any rookie at any defensive position or at at linebacker, excuse me, any 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 in the top four rounds, say no, it's good three. Top three rounds, who are you paying attention to? What teams, like you know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Not player, but who whoever won the lottery and may get that opportunity at the best opportunity they could get. Yeah, put me on the spot here. Um, yeah, the first one I that know, came to mind, uh, Oakland is one of them. Um, given what they sort of lack there, Houston's mm-hmm. another one. Um, I gotta just try to go through these different divisions in my head to hear thinking. Well, why he's thinking about that, I'm gonna explain myself, folks, because this is your first syndicator of any rookie draft, as far as I'm concerned. This is what I look for. Okay, I am not concerned about any other team that takes a linebacker in this draft except for boom, boom, boom. Buffalo would be one. I'd be excited if Buffalo took one early on with what they lost. Even Pittsburgh could be a possibility. Washington. Pittsburgh, yeah. Right, right. Yep, so that's – let me let me move on. We've We've mentioned a couple. How about safety? We talked about safety a little bit a little bit ago, and now this one's going to probably be pretty narrow for instant gratification. I mean, if I don't see it, but if Cincinnati took one really early, I'd have interest in keeping an eye on him just because it's unproven with the guys that they have back there. Mm-hmm. Um, it would probably for me it would have to be Branch and probably in the top two rounds. For me to even pay attention as a starter first off the top, you know, the first year. Because we've already seen what they did with what Dexter Hill. They they you know they put him on the shelf, right? Yeah. They, so th- they are capable of that. But you great point. I'm sorry, go on. Anybody else? I, I don't Anybody? know if there's another one that I can think of where immediately it Rams, just maybe me. I don't think they've filled their need yet, uh, but not necessarily Tampa Bay could be. Rams maybe, yeah. Tampa, I I feel with Winfield there, they'll just try to fill in whoever else they've had. Like Neil. 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 Yeah, or they'll bring Logan Ryan back or or Ryan Logan. I guess the Giants maybe (laughs) to fill Julian Love because there's a guy, I think it was in the fifth round, and maybe last year they took Dane Belt and maybe it was the fourth round. But if they draft a safety high to compete with him to potentially start next to McKinney, that's one Mm -hmm. spot that I could see that's up for grabs. Right. It totally just to derail, you know, the whole topic of what we was on. I love Bobby McCain. I love that signing up there. I think he's a good veteran. Is it dynasty signing? No, but I like his opportunity this year in, in redraft signing and taking over that Jordan Love spot. Um, it's kind of an undercover or undercover signing to me because, well, he hasn't produced that much in Washington in the past. Definitely just somebody to keep an eye on. But if he hits that, we know that free safety position is golden for production. So make sure that you get your uh, trigger finger happy. Um, let's see. So safety-wise, that knocked that out. Uh, let's 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 see. Now, I guarantee you, folks, next week you're not going to want to miss this because we're going to have our buddy Trip from our old days of getting defensive. He's going to be joining us uh, for both episodes uh, uh, draft weekend on that Friday, and he's going to be bringing that analyst way of doing things that he does things. Got to love it because he's going to break that shit down to the to the T for you. 
but I uh, can't wait to have that next week. Uh, so we'll be covering a lot more of the first day coverage, you know, what happened in the draft and such. And then later at night, we're going to have them on our pod, which is just on the pod with John on the players pod, but you'll be able to get that over the weekend, hopefully, uh, right away. Um, let's move on to edge rusher. Where are you thinking edge rusher? Who would have an instant and I'm not talking Will Anderson. Okay. I'm not. Right. Okay. Let's take that off because this is a good edge rusher class. Okay. So let's take out those top three, four guys. So you think of somebody you're thinking that maybe you're um, tier two rookie level as an edge rusher, possibly, but if you got the opportunity and landed perfectly, any interest? What teams? Houston's another one just because they need more there. I mean, yeah. Houston can use yeah. like everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Seattle's another spot. Arizona's a spot. Philadelphia's a spot. Chicago. Chicago. Chicago's a spot. Yeah. E- even Detroit, if they invested high in one to put across, you mm-hmm. know, from uh, H- Hutchinson, mm-hmm. I'd be excited mm-hmm. about that, certainly. There's actually quite a few teams like the Rams that have maybe a main so-called pass rusher, but they need somebody across from them. So those will also open Rams up some opportunities. One, yeah. But usually, you know, unless they come in and can beat out the veteran that's playing across from them, which I don't think that uh, – I think Hoich is going to be out there pass rushing this year since they transferred – transformed him from from interior defensive lineman into an outside edge rusher towards the last year. He's probably going to be out there across from him. I don't think maybe they got Hollins or Terrell, so there might be some opportunity there. Uh, who knows, Tampa Bay. You know, I mean, nobody's actually, like, overwhelmed and took, a, took in the position. Carolina, there's actually a few spots that could be interesting. That's Jets just are another one if they added someone. Um, like high end. Yeah. It, unfortunately, you know, what the hell's up with the Jets? You know, you look at them and they, they get these pass rusher. I do like Jermaine Johnson, the second year guy coming in this year. But some of these teams, and it's like Atlanta too, it's like they're they're just jinx. They can't get the production that as IDP managers we want from them. They might be performing okay for their teams and getting the pressure and doing their jobs and on film. They love what they're doing for them. But what is it about the Jets and like Atlanta? We can't come up with any edge rushers of any validity at all. Well, the Jets tried to fix it when they signed Carl Lawson. I think he tore his Achilles. Tried. Right away. Yeah. Tried. Well, well, I was yeah, like, I no, mean- what the hell are they doing? All that freaking money to an unproven guy coming out of Cincinnati. The Cincinnati didn't want drafted over. And turn around and paid another dude to not even their draft pick all kinds of money to be on the team right after Carl Lawson was gone. Come on, folks. You know, yeah, but I, it was a different uh, Jets, Jets, uh, organ or um, front office, if I remember back at yeah, that time when that decision made. But it's still, they do, both of those teams definitely need edge rushers. So if you another do see one. somebody, go ahead. The Saints, it seems like, I mean, when have they had someone consistent across from Cam Jordan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love Carl Ganderson, but Peyton Turner hasn't, you know, he was a higher draft pick. Down he was a first-round pick in 21, yeah. 
Yeah, and he is not he's not panned out. He went the same way as Davenport went, yep. which is Davenport's of Minnesota. Don't be excited about that. Be excited if they draft a rookie to play across or play in some I think he's a Minnesota, isn't it? Davenport's in Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, not excited about that at all, folks. We still got Smith, still got Hunter. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh let's see. Name me. Okay. Your best defensive tackle is probably what the what's his name Hall, Jalen Carter. As far or as Carter, the I, you know, I was thinking Carter. about Logan Hall. That's who I was thinking about, Logan Hall. I was thinking Logan Hall last year because we was talking about Logan Hall. Like, uh, you know, he was one of those one him and Davis last year. You know, um, um, so if Carter was to land at the perfect spot for any kind of detent. De- Defensive tackle, DL or IDL, any of them. Is there anywhere that you think that if he, that one team hit him, he would be a ringer or two if you have him? I I think again it's sort of like to said with the edge rusher, but ah, I'd like to say Detroit just because you know you have just amazing oh, passes. But how the hell you know? Yeah, go ahead. But the, the only thing is they at least Dan Campbell so far has really rotated. His defensive tackles yeah. a lot, which just limits your upside yeah. a bit too. Right. I what was that old um, Ledbetter? No, it wasn't Ledbetter. There was a rookie up there last year. I ran for IDP props, or not a rookie? Excuse me, an IDP veteran interior defensive lineman. He had like a, bugs came on late. Yeah, but bugs. Yeah, I think I, I uh, rode that IDP props for like four weeks straight because they had him down at DraftKings as a uh, to get a sack. They at, at like point seven or three quarter of a sack. That was the DraftKings for like three weeks, and I just bet against it each week. He's an interior, huge interior defensive run stopping lineman, so of course he didn't get a sack. I. Didn't press my luck. I stopped, and I think it was like two weeks later he might have slipped up and got one. So, you know, you only run your luck so far. But they could use it up there. They could use it, and they're picking up in that top ten. You know, I understand it went Hutchinson last year. I understand this other. But I don't think you could pass on that opportunity if he was to land in Detroit somehow or, say, Philadelphia. You have another? I'm trying to think AFC, but I you can't go with Tennessee. You can't oh, go Tennessee with Houston doesn't. just because there's not a history of production or somebody next to him to even give him a nudge. I'm not real excited about Derek Brown in Carolina. I, I mean, there would be a change spot. in their defense too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a tough it's a tough position, and I'm glad, and I hope Craig doesn't uh, mind that I kind of derailed. If you'd like to finish up uh, in the last five minutes here, bro, go right ahead. I just, you know, next week we are going to have a lot to talk about, and in a week or two after that, we will know where these guys are. We'll have a better idea where they fit into these schemes and where they're going. And I got to be 100% honest, I'll, I'll eat my shorts, dude, if it's more than one worth of show, of content. I just, I just feel that way, to talk about standard leagues. We will go deeper. I'm talking about standard leagues. Don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, standard leagues, IDP, redraft. There's probably not even a full show's worth of guys. 
to talk about. But I don't know that that's that much different than your average year, just based on how many guys that you feel comfortable talking about with where they're drafted as potential spots. So basically you just said, right, right. Just basically you said, Hey Gary, F you, man. That's the obvious. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying it's like, no, no, but it is bro. I don't know that it's any different from your average. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's, we're all good on that. (laughs) There's a couple of years ago, folks. Like, what was it? The Tremaine Edmonds draft was it 2018 then, where there just piles of linebackers because there were spots and they started right away and they're productive. And like, those seasons aren't common. And it seems like people mm-hmm. fall because we all, not all, but Gary, <laughs> not to the same level. If you're out there on social media, everyone loves rookies because it's fun. Like, it's exciting. It's like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, who's going to go where? What does that mean? Everyone gets excited. But when you get down to, you know, middle of September, how many of these guys are starting? for our fantasy teams that you would feel comfortable with. There just aren't right. many year to year. Mm-hmm. So. Not whatsoever. But that's going to do it for us this week. And like Gary said, there's not a, a ton of these guys to talk about. Maybe someone that we didn't talk about will show up and surprise us and round one Thursday night. And we'll be here to talk about him next week. As always, we want to thank you guys for watching us live on YouTube. Make sure you smash that subscribe button and like this video on YouTube. You can find where to follow Gary and I on Twitter. You can also find SGPN over on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in with us. We will have Trip with us next week, and we will see you then. Have a great day, everybody.